rewind. Uh, we're going to start a sermon series. This is for all the people on the podcast on the Psalms. Uh, for those that don't know Psalms, it's a book in the Old Testament, and it's a collection of songs and poetry from the Israelites over a long period of time. Uh, certainly King David wrote some of the Psalms, but he did not write all of them. They have been collected over from who knows how many different authors over how long a period of time. But this beautiful book now sort of represents an archive of the spiritual and emotional journey that Israel goes on and these various movements that take place. And so um, we're going to learn a little bit more about the Psalms. So Walter Brueggemann, my favorite Old Testament scholar, I would recommend anything he's ever written. Um, so if you ever look up Walter Brueggemann on Amazon, you, would, you can't go wrong. You could close your eyes. Boop. Uh, spirituality of the Psalms. Look how little this is. Look how thin. You could get this. It's like 70 pages. This is exactly the kind of reading you want, right? Like 70 pages small. Um, but his goal in the book is to try to collect biblical scholarship, but make it tangible, relatable for the church, for our lives, make it very practical. So this is n in no way like ivory tower, <laughs> the, oh, the eschatological uh, ending of the song. It's not like that. It is like really relatable. Uh, so if you can get the book, great. If not, I'm going to make a challenge. My challenge is this. Read one psalm every day this month. So as we go through the sermon series, read one psalm every day this month. You will not be disappointed. You will find beautiful poetry and imagery that will connect. Not all of it will connect with where you're at, but some of it will. And um, praying the Psalms, like sometimes I'm not sure what to pray or how to pray. Praying the Psalms is like very effective. So this is my challenge for you. So we're going to start Psalm 33. All you who are righteous shout joyfully to the Lord. It's right for those who do right to praise God. Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Sing praises to God with a ten-stringed harp. Sing to the Lord a new song. Play your best with joyful shouts because the Lord's word is right. God's every act is done in good faith. God loves righteousness and justice. The Lord's faithful love fills the whole earth. The Lord's faithful love fills the whole earth. The skies were made by the Lord's word, all their starry multitude by the breath of God's mouth. The Lord gathered the ocean waters into a heap. God put the deep seas into storerooms. All the earth honors the Lord. All the earth's inhabitants stand in awe of God because when God spoke, it happened. When God commanded, there it was. The Lord overrules what the nations plan. God frustrates what the peoples intend to do. But the Lord's plan stands forever. What God intends to do lasts from one generation to the next. The nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom God has chosen as God's possession, is truly happy. The Lord looks down from heaven. God sees every human being. From his dwelling place, God observes all who live on earth. God is the one who made all their hearts, the one who knows everything they and we do. Kings aren't saved by the strength of their armies. Warriors aren't rescued by how much power they have. A war horse is a bad bet for victory. It can't save despite its great strength. But look here. The Lord's eyes watch all who honor God. 
all who wait for God's faithful love to deliver their lives from death and keep them alive during famine. We put our hope in the Lord. God is our help and our shield. Our heart rejoices in God because we trust God's holy name. Lord, let your faithful love surround us because we wait for you. Wow. The Psalms are powerful. The Psalms give the dead a voice. Or as Elie Wiesel says, the next slide, Amanda, Elie Wiesel, who uh, survived the Holocaust, he wrote the book Night, which changed my life. He writes, poets exist so that the dead may vote. We honor those who have passed by listening to them, by listening to their wisdom, by taking that seriously. And so the Psalms give ancient Israel a vote. We get to hear their voice. The beautiful thing about the Psalms, of many things that I appreciate, is that it cuts through my self-deception. So my self-deception wants to ignore parts of myself, my world. I want to pretend that everything's okay when it's not. I want to put a happy face on, and when someone says, how are you doing, I want to say, fine. And then I open the Psalms, and it's like, how are you doing? And it's like, God, why have you forsaken us? <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, that's actually how I feel. <laughs> so the Psalms, like we just read, give honor to God. The Psalms say, thank you, Lord. The world is created. It is ordered. It is filled with your love. Thank you. And that is sometimes how I feel. And that is honest, and that is true. And the Psalms also give voice like, I hate my enemies, Lord, slay them all for me. <laughs> and I'll think, at least someone said it. <laughs> and like TJ says, doesn't God want a little help when it comes to vengeance? The psalmist says, let me give you some help, Lord. Let's kill, the, let's kill my enemies, right? And you think, whoa. But the Psalms aren't telling us how we should act. The Psalms are telling us how it is natural to feel. The Psalms are also honest, and they'll cry out to God and say, where are you? Why don't you show up? Why have you abandoned me? And I feel like that sometimes, too. And then the Psalms will say, but Lord, in the midst of all of this, the good and the bad and the ugly, I love you and I trust you. Over and over again, the vote that the psalmist gives is a vote for faith. And that's hopeful to me. As honest as they are with their pain, as honest as the psalmist is with their anger, as honest as the psalmist is with their gratitude, they come back around to say, but in the end, Lord, we trust you and want more of you. Because no matter what you believe, the same amount of pain and suffering exists in the world. No matter what you believe, the same amount, right? But faith provides me a place to come with my pain. I have somewhere to go with it. I have someone to look to in the midst of it. And this is the testimony of the Psalms. So my challenge is for you to pray them and to read them this month. Brueggemann sets a paradigm for us. It's not perfect, but I think it can be helpful. So he tries to frame the Psalms. He says, some of the Psalms are Psalms of orientation. Some of the Psalms are Psalms of disorientation. And some of the Psalms are reorientation. And if you can use this framework as you read, you can almost always identify, like you start to read Psalm 33, 
and you say, oh my gosh, this is a psalm of orientation. So it helps you understand the, the mindset of the writer, the mindset of Israel at the time. Or this is a psalm of disorientation or reorientation. So the framework doesn't work perfectly for every psalm, but it helps with a lot of them. And it's been very beneficial to me. So let me talk a little bit about it. So psalms of orientation. So on the slide, Amanda. Orientation, disorientation, reorientation. This is about the seasons of your life and the seasons of my life. Psalms of orientation. Human life consists in satisfying seasons of well-being that evoke gratitude for the constancy of blessing. Psalms of orientation articulate the joy, delight, goodness, coherence, and reliability of God, God's creation, and God's governing law. Like, things are good. The world makes sense. We have peace and stability in our lives. We recognize the goodness and the just nature of the universe, the moral law given by God, and we say, things are good. I've had seasons of like that. I assume you have seasons. In fact, some of you are in that season right now. Like I asked you, in fact, I think I asked Nancy, and I was like, how are you doing? She's like, Joe, for me, every day is a good day. It was like such a beautiful answer. And I thought, she's at a place, right, where Psalm 33 resonates with her soul. God is good. But of course, we also get psalms of disorientation. Because human life also consists in anguish seasons of hurt, alienation, suffering, and death. These seasons evoke anger, resentment, self-pity, even hatred. Psalms of disorientation give voice to these seasons. This voice, the complaint song, has a recognizable shape that permits the extravagance, hyperbole, and abrasiveness needed for this experience. And this is the psalms that cry out in anger. Why have you abandoned me, Lord? Why do my enemies get victory over me? Why am I filled with poverty and dread? And I can tell you that my life is sometimes like this. Seasons of my life where I feel like God has absolutely gone silent on me. Where I feel alienated and alone. And some of you in the room, I, I imagine, feel hurt are in the midst of pain, difficulty, disorientation. Hopefully the Psalms will provide aid to you. Psalms of reorientation, the third type. Human life also consists in turns of surprise when we are overwhelmed with the new gifts of God. When joy breaks through the despair, where there has been only darkness, now we see light. These psalms speak boldly about a new gift from God, a fresh intrusion that makes all things new. So I'm going to show you a diagram that might be helpful. So this comes straight from the book. You have psalms of orientation. Does that, does that show up on the screen? It doesn't for me. All right. You have psalms of disorientation. You have psalms of reorientation. But what I'm interested in are these two transitions these two arrows, because there's this movement that happens in our lives from orientation to disorientation. Things are good to things are not going so good to I just got a new diagnosis and I don't know how it's going to turn out. 
I just lost someone I love dearly, and I'm no longer in a place of stability. I'm now in a place of turmoil and instability. And there's this transition that takes place. Oh, thank you. See, someone understands technology. And then you have this other season that I'm in the midst of turmoil and anguish, but light has begun to break through. Healing and forgiveness have begun to win the day. And there's like resurrection that occurs. So as you read through the Psalms, what you're reading are the seasons of your life and my life. And it's not just our lives. It's the seasons of our country. It's the seasons of Israel. It's the seasons of this church. So I want you to think about just, just this community for a minute. 20 years ago, I have old bulletins. There's like historical documents. This church used to have two services, a full youth group, a choir, pretty good season of orientation five years ago the church was this church was thinking of closing its doors selling the property that's just 20 years disorientation what do we do despair and now i would suggest reorientation think about this vibrant place that we are part of now think of the ways in which we care for each other and the ministry that's happening. We're not going to close. We're going to grow. We're going to keep doing things in this community, right? This church has gone through the seasons. Israel, from the high mark of King David, king, peace, land, stability, to exile, defeat to the Babylonians, to a return and rebuilding the temple. Orientation, disorientation, reorientation. How about the life of Jesus? 30 years, chilling as a carpenter. You want some cupboards? Zing, you got it. Want me to put in some new baseboards for you? Pew, 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 no problem. Jesus is on it. Then all of a sudden, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, you have, you're going to have to die. <laughs> you're going to go to the cross. Like, what? I don't know about that, right? All the way through to resurrection, to reorientation. None of us are exempt from this pattern. So here's my suggestion. Expect it. Stop resisting it. You have to figure out how to be okay regardless of your circumstances. You're going to have to figure out that if things are good now, it won't always be like that. Every single one of us is getting older and things are changing and relationships change and jobs change and careers change. Are you going to be okay? Who are you going to turn to? What practices will you engage in? Who will you cling to when disorientation comes your way? When your life is turned upside down, when COVID strikes? And if things are not good for you, it won't always be like this. You will not always be in pain. The hurt will not last forever. The night will only be for a time. Are you ready to see the places that God is breaking through in your life? Are you ready for resurrection and for reorientation? Are you ready for health and healing and wholeness? This pattern will not stop. 
Your life will go through these seasons predictably. I don't know anyone where this isn't true. I don't know one exception to this. And the Psalms give us all of it. And the dead, their vote is turn to God. Vote for faith. Look towards love and hope. That no matter what you are going through, God will be with you. No matter how scared you are or how lonely you feel, the night will only last for a time. Can we take hope in this? Amen. Can we, can we see God working through every phase, no matter where we are at? This is the hope. So each week we're going to look at, like next week we're going to look at Psalms of Orientation. And we're going to talk about what that might look like in our lives. We're going to look at Psalms of Disorientation and anguish, and we're going to look at psalms of reorientation. So we're going to look at each of these, one each week, to talk about the phases of our lives, of our institutions, of this place, of our country. Identifying where we're at allows us to anticipate where we're going next. Lord, we love you. We are grateful to you. My prayer is a prayer that we might accept our lives as they are, that we would be brutally honest with where we are at, what we are feeling, and what we are going through, and that we would know that it is not permanent, and it does not define us. That wherever we are at, Lord, things are in flux. And my prayer is that we would look to you in all things, that our gratitude would be directed to you, that our anger would be directed to you, that you're big enough to handle it that our hope and our love and our resurrection would be directed towards you. So challenge us this day to engage our relationship with you more fully. Amen. If you would please stand. stand beside you. I'm all around you. Though you feel I'm far away, I'm closer than your breath. And I am with you. More than So steady now your heart and mind, come into my rest, and know that your faith arise, and lift up your weary head, I am with you, wherever you go, 
to me, I am everything. Come to me, I am all you need. Come to So, so beautiful. Thank you. So uh, let me remind you that you can support uh, Mary Lou's foundation to help caregivers. Uh, stop by, take a look at the art, purchase some things, make a donation. Charlie will be back there. The benediction comes from a young Christian woman named Jane, uh, excuse me, Jane Markwetsky. I just read this this morning. She actually on YouTube is how I found her. She goes by the name Nightbird on YouTube. She sings different songs. She's a songwriter. But she's in her 20s and was given a very bleak cancer diagnosis. Um, in response to that, she's written a song. I'm just going to read it to you. I think that uh, I'm going to do a poem as the benediction every week in honor of the Psalms. So here are her words as she faces her own mortality. I see mercy. <laughs> I see mercy in the dusty sunlight that outlines the trees, in my mother's crooked hands, in the blanket my friends left for me, in the harmony of the wind chimes. It's not the mercy that I asked for, but it is mercy nonetheless. And I learn a new prayer. Thank you. It's a prayer I don't mean yet. But I will keep praying it until I do. Call me cursed. Call me lost. Call me scorned. But that's not all. Call me chosen, blessed, and sought after. Call me the one who God whispers his secrets to. I am the one whose belly is filled with loaves of mercy that were hidden from me. Even on days when I'm not so sick, 
Sometimes I go lay on the bathroom floor in the afternoon light to listen for God. I know it sounds crazy and I can't really explain it. But God is in there even now. I have heard it said that some people can't see God because they won't look low enough. And it's true. Look lower. God is on the bathroom floor. Amen. Have a great day.